So you're listening to the audio-only version right now. Could be SoundCloud, could be Spreaker, could be iTunes. Either you're on the road, you're traveling, you're blind, or you're not aware that there is so much more to see in the video version of this podcast. Not only do you get to see the guests, but all of the sketches, the cutaways. And there's some exclusive sketches over there uh, for Mug Club members or people watching the YouTube live stream. We put in different ads for audio and for video, and uh, we appreciate the support. Listen, we're growing leaps and bounds. We can only do that if you guys support by joining at lotterwithfighter.com slash mugclub. It's $69 annually for students, veterans, or military, 99 for everyone else. And uh, not only do you get the hand-etched mug, but it is what allows us to grow and become the network. So you're not only getting this but you could be getting a dozen other shows all of your favorites we want to bring them under the same umbrella we can't do it with youtube and google and the unholy alliance between facebook and apple and twitter trying to squeeze us and uh, we appreciate the help enjoy the show Thank you for coming back. Enjoy the show. It's about to start momentarily. Please do consider joining Mug Club at loudwithcrowder.com slash mug club uh, for additional content to support the show because we're not monetized on here. And if not, just bookmark the page. Check in every day. We have a new video that goes up every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Also, Crowder Bits is another YouTube channel where you can find sketches. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. I have no idea. Watch for yourself. How about that for a teaser? Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther. Betty!
is called the please Alice Cooper don't copyright us. I will be devastated <laughs> yeah, please. if that happens because you are my idol. Uh, we Aww. have on the show today, we have Ben Shapiro. Oh, yes. great gentlemen, great Jewish. We'll be talking about student loans. Uh, quick announcement, there will be no live show next Thursday. Does everyone know why? Yeah. Boom. It is going to be our annual live Oscar stream party. Yeah. That is yes. February 9th on Sunday, 7.45 p.m. Eastern. Please don't yeah, strike man. us. Yes. Or as we, I refer to it, hurricane time zone. Yes. So exactly. we're in tornado time zone. You're in hurricane time oh, zone. Uh, we have uh, on the program, of course, my happy lawyer, Bill Richmond. How are hey you, guys. Sir? Great. Glad to be here. Well, that was uh, very uh, uninteresting. How are you there, uh, quarter black here? What? What? Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Wow. Right away, see, by the yeah, way. Done. Talk producer, yeah. I saw him. I swear to you, I just saw a producer with his pen. Oh, no. Sensor. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the flip of the pen and eyes, the white of the eyes go, He's <laughs> only a quarter! Um, G Morgan A, what's the one of the day? Uh, we've got Immortal. Immortal. Immortal Cabernet. Like Immortal wow. Technique? Yeah, I Wonderful underground rap. <laughs> oh, I uh, see no that idea. my underground hip hop references are lost on, me. on the apologetics, uh. professor. Uh, okay, <laughs> question of the day before we move on. Do you support the idea of forgiving all student debt? No. Nope. Uh, why or why not? <laughs> Don't. Leading the answer. witness, Your Honor. Jeez. Lawyer. Objection. Uh. Sustained. Uh, why or why not? Okay, why do you support it? And then ultimately, who do you think pays? The bill. If we forgive all student debt, is there an actual victim in the equation? Who could it be? We've talked oh. about this a lot. This mm. whole idea of victim culture sometimes creates mm. actual unintended victims. We'll get to that in a second. But first, now is the time on Ladder with Crowder where we dance. I wish I loved anything as much as he loves being a sex criminal. Oh. What the hell are we watching? <laughs> you, you signed up yeah. for this ride I know. I anyway. Should, I you known. saw the ride and purchased a ticket. Why uh, he doesn't? Gerald, you don't like the video of yourself? <laughs> it's supposed to be private. Let's wait. We have to lull him into a state of complacency, yeah. then embarrass yeah. him on national yeah. broadcast. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, leading the news before the Hillary Clinton has admitted that she now feels, quote, the urge to run against uh, oh. President Trump again, mm. adding that she thinks she can win because, quote, the 2016 election was a really odd time. <laughs> also having the urge for her to run again, Donald Trump, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. I just want to make sure <laughs> clear. Actually, upon hearing the story, uh, President Trump decided to include his thoughts when drafting up his uh, upcoming State of the mm. Union. Yeah. And that is where you could stick your articles of impeachment. As for my opponents, frankly, so many losers. On the bright side, at least I don't have to run against Hillary Clinton. If she were to join the race now, truthfully, there is no way I would kick her ass into the next dimension. There's no way. It would be a nightmare for Hillary Clinton to throw her hat into the rig for 2020. It would be the single worst thing that could happen to me. Also, I don't care what Joe Biden says, folks. She is not a rapidly aging murderous crony slash angry closeted lesbian. Did Vice President Biden say that, though? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel it's, like we need our intern to be a little yeah. less loose with the quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Reading between yeah. the lines, right. maybe. Yeah. That's, that's More research. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when reached for official comment, uh, Bill Clinton said, anything that gets the bitch out of the house. <laughs> And Poor then he guy. proceeded to have yeah. sex with women other than his wife. Oh, yeah. it's just like a Tuesday for him. All the greats oh, yes. have their calling cards. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Um, <laughs> hey, it. this was embarrassing. And I know it happened at the beginning of the week. We talked about yeah, it for those right. who weren't Mug Club yeah. members uh, behind the paywall. Some wonderful programming, by the way, going to Mug Club and Blaze here soon. Big announcements. Ooh. Why didn't anyone tell me that my hair was doing the Clark Kent flip? I'm so embarrassed. Uh, I'm so thought it was ashamed of myself. It looks exactly the same. Anyway. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> just like your shirt. Wait, is this a repeat? It's not a repeat. Different shirt. Gerald is just a hobo. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I have three shirts. This, this was really embarrassing. It happened earlier in the week, but there's a little more uh, context here. An MSNBC anchor, Allison Morris, uh, claims that she said nakers mm. okay. and not the N-word while reporting on, uh, and here's a clip, reporting on Kobe Bryant's death. Yeah, it seems like he was just the kind of athlete, the kind of star that was perfectly cast on the Los Angeles Nakers. I've heard she was trying to say Knicks and then said Lakers, but no team has a G in their name. from. I mean, yeah, the Nuggets, but that doesn't apply. Maybe she's trying to say Nuggets. No one's talked about that. You caught it. And you're Asian. I thought you dropped out of following basketball after Yao Ming just, you know, had his ACL. I heard a K. Lynn Sanity, dude. She took a pause, too. I heard a K. I heard Nakers. And it, ha and it happened by, obviously, she claimed mixing Knicks and Lakers. Now, on the surface, right. listen, this is an understandable mistake, though some have pointed to Allison's other slip-ups from referring to them as the Toronto rap sheets Ooh, to the Chicago yeah. black yeah. Hmm. as well as the incident uh, where she burned crosses on the lawns of every active member of the Detroit Pistons roster. <laughs> so, uh, it's a flush. Wow. Yeah. That one seems pretty cut and dry. Uh, yeah, it seems hard to deny. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No. it's a lot of evidence. Just put it all together. <laughs> I don't know. I give her a pass. Oh, really? At first, when I saw it, when I reviewed that, I was like, no, no, it needs to be the MSNBC anchor, not pink. <laughs> <laughs> you guys pulled the wrong picture. Oh, wait, I, let no. me say this. Let me offer this, though. In the spirit of consistency, I, don't, I think this woman made a mistake. Yeah. I don't think that she's a racist. I don't think that we should crucify this woman. But do you think that an apology, if this happened on Fox News, would be enough? Of course not. They'd no, be out for no, blood. No. So, but we don't want to. We don't want to live by We'd that. We'd still sword. be hearing about it. Um, in science news, so let's talk about science. Oh, good. Uh, cannabis, <laughs> and right now the comment section hey. just blew up. Like, oh, oh, here we go. Here's cancer. Oh, hold it. <laughs> so cannabis <laughs> might actually just save global bee populations. Oh, whatever. This oh, comes from uh, the Leaf Desk. I don't know if that's an actually uh, peer-reviewed journal. <laughs> I don't think Wait. so. But scientists, <laughs> is this like a blog? I don't know. Scientists might believe be hemp has a potential to provide a critical nutritional resource that could help reverse <laughs> our bee shortage, which led no, this is this is incredible. It led Unbiased. scientists to increase uh, medical research in oh. other fields, and sadly, it, it actually proved to be unhelpful in researching bee allergies. Let us pray in silence. One, two, three, climbing Thomas J. His face hurts. And where is his glasses? He can't see without his glasses. Put his glasses on. Put on his glasses. Get the man oh, his glasses. Oh. He's not going to need them, kid. Oh. Wow. Glasses. <laughs> so upset. We, this is like the fourth time we've referenced that film. That is taking <laughs> something that is incredibly painful as a child. When you watch yes. My Girl yes. yeah, and just it. reappropriating it yeah. so that you can laugh. It's like, uh, you know, hip-hop artists do with the N-word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, our, it's the white version of that. Wait, we're reappropriating. Wow. Gerald said that again. No, world. I'm not because I'll get. No. Okay. <laughs> you just said it. Oh. Yeah, Make yeah, sure. Yeah. Lakers with an N at the beginning is what I said. I got you. Oh, by the way, oh apparently um, the Grammys were on Sunday. I didn't really pay attention. They were? We were prepping no. for the Nobody big does. Oscar really? stream next Sunday, uh, February 9th. Uh, the singer Chris Brown brought his five-year-old daughter with him. That was all over. That's right. And during the course of the whole evening, he only hit her once. So you have to take the wins. Wow. 
It's great. Yeah. Excellent. That's lower than his average. So Progress. That's, yeah. Hey, you know what? It's a downward trend. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see the, the compu strike from that limo ride. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> In international listeners, they're like three boxing fans. We got the compu strike right. reference. Mm. Uh, punches and bunches. Boxing. Just bob and weave, Chris. In international news, he doesn't have the money. This for isn't a limo. going over well. Let me move on. Let me move on. Stop talking. Uh, a Ugandan, Ugandan imam. He's uh, he's actually uh, he's been suspended from his duties as a cleric oh. after his wife of two weeks turned out to be a man. This comes oh, from awkward. Daily Mail. The wow. wife was arrested for the theft of a television set, and uh, when a police officer carried out a body search, found it wasn't actually. Oh. A woman. Huh. So wow. some are speculating that this was all part of a big plot to embarrass the high-profile imam, with some other people having chalked it up to just a simple mistake. Others are still circulating rumors that this was simply an elaborate plot to promote the new Wayans Brothers vehicle, Imam Chicks. So that oh. seems most... Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's not them. He has the faces swapped. Two those are the wrong Wayans Brothers? Those are the wrong uh, Wayans those Brothers. The, those are the other Wayans yeah, Brothers. Yeah, but are they, are they Brothers Wayne? They are. Okay. They, yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It counts. They're Brothers Wayne, not named Damon. So okay. uh, they get scary movie Wayans. 19. Um, <laughs> finally, there was a, a recent study actually uh, that came out. We thought this was interesting. And by the way, a portion of this was written before news this week, which will be relevant when you see it. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I swear to you, we, we can show you yeah. the document that it was drafted three weeks ago, but we just couldn't pull it at this point. Uh, recent study claims that uh, women are actually being held back in marketing. Uh, particularly the marketing field by uh, persistent, pervasive sexism, wow. the arc yeah. article says. Wow. So sexism in the marketing field. And listen, at first we were all a little bit skeptical, but um, having looked into it, they, they may be onto something. Gentlemen, in this seminar you will learn everything you need to know about sales and marketing. So take notes, set aside all your Don Draper bullshit, and listen closely. Let's take a look at this logo, Coca-Cola, one of the most successful logos of all time. Why do people love it? Anyone? Uh, the red and the white draws the eye. Yeah, and I think um, the cursive writing is classic, but it still feels no, fresh. No, Carl. And remarks like that are exactly why Julia left you. Hey, 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 look at me, look at me. Hey, it was your fault. Hey, 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 it was your fault. Moving on. People love this logo because it looks like a penis. I believe it's clear now. Let's take a look at another logo. The Nike logo. Famous, simple, sleek, yes. It's a penis. Next logo, NASA. Let's keep cycling through these. The YMCA, Toyota, Lexus. Amazon, the NBA, all penises. The New England Patriots, Facebook, BuzzFeed, Motel 6, Audi, Puma, the Miami Heat, NBC. There are several going here. SpaceX, Beats by Dre, Oldsmobile, Jaguar, the Sci-Fi Channel, Ferrari, the E-Network, the Royal Bank of Scotland, you've got four penises, St. Louis Cardinals, Gatorade, Brooks Shoes, VLC, Saucony, In-N-Out Burger, Chili's, the Washington Wizards, PlayStation, the old Reebok logo, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Asics, Pontiac, Arby's, the Orlando Magic, Volvo, Tesla, the Dish Network, USB, and finally, Kobe Bryant's signature Nikes. Now, 
it should be clear that the link between all of these is that people want products because people want penises. Do we have any questions? Well, um, what about the, the Airbnb logo? It, uh, it kind of looks like a vagina. We're talking about penises here, Carl. Get your mind out of the gutter. Disgusting. You know, uh, Carl. <laughs> Carl. He has a point. Written before this week. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. Yeah. We have some people, we have some people in the live studio. Yeah. It's like six people you know, who work, and we heard them go, <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> Collective sigh. I don't really care. Uh, all right. But you know what? I, I was, some of those are a little, they're a little bit of a reach. A little sure. bit. Sure. No. Reach but there's something to that. On, but the though. Cavaliers looks like uh, aggressive penetration. Yes. Yeah, the does. Wizards. I saw it. NBA. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Oh, that's what amateur wrestlers call the oil check. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't look it up. Don't, just don't, 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 do not. Don't look like, go to Flow Wrestling oh and gosh. understand the terminology. You know what? Yeah. Let's just move no. on. Only the Eastern on. Block. Only, only the Eastern Block competitors do it because they're yeah. cowardly. Um, oh. So let's talk about student loans. Uh, <laughs> right. Again, I want to hear from you if you were, because a lot of I know a lot of people were Bernie supporters and now kind of Trump supporters because you're anti-establishment. I understand that we want right. you around, mm -hmm. but a lot of them still support this idea of forgiving all student loans and, yeah. and I understand why it sounds good on its surface I would like to hear your opinions before you watch this segment and then let me know if they've maybe changed at all let's start with this Elizabeth Warren was recently questioned uh, by a dad uh, regarding student loans and having put his daughter through college uh, I just want to ask one question my daughter's getting out of school I've saved all my money she doesn't have any student loans am I going to get my money back so you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. What? Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter's work, she was 10. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We we'll come back. The right thing, no. Get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Compare that to Ted Cruz when he was in Iowa when he was talking about corn subsidies and this yeah. guy came and said, you're going to yeah. hurt our industry here. And he explained to the guy, by the end of it, the guy understood that corn subsidies might actually be bad for his farm. Yes. Imagine if it's come back and just been, no. <laughs> uh, no or or no. laughing, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the better way. Just right. laughing. Laugh, laugh in the constituent's face. Hey, I yeah. saved uh, for a long time. I'm the American dream. I have a family. I put my daughter through college. Yeah. <laughs> I can't buy your vote. Yeah, she just handed, <laughs> handed him a card that says I laugh Stupid awkwardly. prick, you patriarchal paternalistic prick. That's what she said. That was a subtext. Yeah, that was <laughs> It's right after the clip. And yeah. this, in creating a new victim class, and right now the victim class extends to people who willingly took on student loans, so I'm getting loose with the terms yes. here, um, we create real victims. Who might the real victims be? Like this father, or people like uh, uh, folks who work here on this team who worked two, three jobs uh, to pay their way through, through school, or went to community colleges, or went to trade school, or some yeah. people who work here who actually didn't go to university and instead gained workplace experience and worked their way up. Yeah. Those are the actual victims because they will be double footing the bill. They saved their money, right? They avoided the student loans or they paid off their own student loans. And now you are asking them to pay your student loans. It's I understand how it seems compassionate yeah. to people. Yeah. Hey, these folks are saddled with debt. And we'll get into that in a second and why that's not necessarily accurate. Even let's assume that student loans, that it's predatory lending, it's the bank's fault. It still wouldn't solve the issue uh, in forcing somebody else to pay that bill twice. Okay, so let's go through this idea, though, the crisis, because it's, right. it's predicated on the idea that there's a crisis right now. This is a huge claim you see from current Democrats 
that there's 1.4 trillion in student debt, right? $35,000 on average per individual. I think we have a, we have a clip on this. Welcome back to Velshi and Rule. Senator Bernie Sanders is joining others in Congress to unveil a sweeping new plan to wipe out the, the nation's clip. crushing student debt. <laughs> this proposal completely eliminates student debt in this country and ends the absurdity of sentencing an entire generation, the millennial generation, oh, to a Jesus. lifetime of debt for the crime of doing the right thing. 1.5 trillion wow. in student loan debt. And this time we're going to choose our people, right, Philadelphia? <laughs> what does Cancel it mean, our people? Cancel student loan yeah. debt for 95 percent of the folks who've got it. Two questions. Oh. Why is Andrew Yang wearing his hat up like Ernest goes to camp? <laughs> right? And second, um, <laughs> could Bernie Sanders be any more so transparent high. with his pandering? Our generation, the millennials. What about boomers? F*** him! <laughs> <laughs> the right millennials who undoubtedly will vote for me, right? No student loans. I'll pay for your loans. <laughs> really? How? That I don't like at How? All. And this is something that's important to, to note. It sounds like a lot, 1.4 right. trillion. It's not nothing. Car loan debt in this country is about $1.2 trillion. Hmm. And cards depreciate way faster than an education, unless, of course, it's a gender studies degree, in which case it <laughs> depreciates 100% once you roll your fat, angry feminist ass off the lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the general oh, rule. It goes to zero so fast. That's weird. And how is it, yeah. this is the thing, how is it compassionate? Let's say, let's say Quarter Black Garrett, okay, has uh, some car payments left. And I go, hey, audio way, do you, do you have any car payments? Like, no, I bought an old used car cash. Okay, and I say, hey, you know what? Wade, and I pull out this gun, pay Garrett's car payments. And you'll go, oh, what a nice guy. I didn't pay the car payment. Right. I just no. forced Wade to do it. Why is uh. one compassion and one is not? Let's go, uh, we're talking about car payments. Mortgage loan debt, by the way. That comes in at an average of over $200,000 per person. That's $9.5 trillion oh, total. Gosh. Why isn't that considered a crisis, according to Bernie Sanders? But and so, correct me if I'm wrong, but the thirty-five thousand dollars. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, sir. May I have another strike on that one? Uh, thirty-five thousand dollars doesn't sound from. like at a low interest. Doesn't sound like crushing debt for an individual. I know. I understand it's early in their earning career and everything else. But am I am I the only person here that's like thirty-five thousand dollars? Doesn't sound like you don't have a that. master's oh. in underwater basket weaving that's with a true. minor in German Hello. poetry. But maybe maybe a course in personal Gerald. finance would help them out. Right. You know. No, you're absolutely. By the way, here's a quick lesson for you. And people got mad at this week. If you want everyone out there, okay, Uncle Steven's taking care of. If you want to build wealth, don't buy a new car, ever. Right. And to other people, if you want to go green, right, you want to be an environmentalist, don't buy a new car. It's the same. Ever. Period. <laughs> it is better for you to buy an old '85 Bronco than that new Tesla that has yeah. to be created and driven off the lot so that you can have your rich white liberal guilt status symbol. Yeah, but they're so fast. Don't buy a new car ever. There's no reason for <laughs> right. you to unless you're a multimillionaire and you're just looking to throw money around and you hate the environment. Fine. But this idea, too, well, everyone's hypocritical. It's a lot of conditions. You don't have to buy new cars, yeah. Leo or Damon. You can mm -hmm. buy used cars, and they don't. Yeah. So what I find is really interesting, this example of, like, don't buy a new car is the same example of, well, I mean, the only thing I can do is go to a four-year institution that's $50,000 a year and yeah. have the government, you know, uh, approve these loans, and then I'm going to sign this paperwork, but now nah, I really don't know what the paperwork said. And, oh, you mean I have to pay it back later at some point? I mean, the whole point right. here is if you're going to do why 
shopping. The uh, the other corollary of what that father was saying is, what about the the kid who decided to go to a JUCO instead or a community college instead, mm-hmm. paid for it themselves, and they're five years out, and right. they're some amount of years behind someone who took loans out, and is just going to get it all for free? You're actually doing a persistence of right. the the difference between those people, and you're punishing those who worked harder. And as that dad yeah. said, did it the right way. Well, a lot of people just don't realize someone always has to pay the bill. It's like yes. the idea with yeah. healthcare and pre-existing conditions. What you're doing is now you've astronomically raised healthcare costs, right? We're talking oh, yeah, about right. premiums, deductibles, yep, yep. because people who opted, and by the way, most people who didn't have health insurance chose not to have health insurance. When we crunch the numbers, we well, can go back and search that segment. Uh, they could afford health insurance, particularly young people. They opted mm-hmm. not to until they had a serious condition. Well, the whole point to buying healthcare insurance is it's basically creating a pool of lower risk so that you can use it when you need it. So the people who bought health insurance before the emergency arose, that's why they locked in lower rates, then had to pay a higher bill because everyone else who didn't have that kind of forethought is now joining into the same pool. It ends up harming people who've thought ahead, who've planned responsibly. Not always. Some people get some tough breaks. By the way, tough break. Notifications don't really work. You have to hit the notification (laughs) bell. Hit all notifications. (laughs) uh, Because thank you, YouTube. And um, please do consider joining up at lotofcutter.com slash mug club. Mug club, you get everything that uh, is available on Blaze TV in this wonderful hand-etched mug and like... 19 more shows of this per week. Okay, yeah. I exaggerate. <laughs> it's four. 78. All right, here's another point I think but we need to get to. it feels like um, If we're talking about who it harms, who does, uh, or who would, rather, student loan forgiveness, who would that reward, right? Bernie Sanders actually uses this term. He just talked about, uh, he uses the term punishing, I believe, right now. We should stop mm-hmm. punishing people for going to school. We have a clip. Bottom line is we should not be punishing people for getting a higher education. It is time to hit the reset button. Under the proposal that we introduced today, all student debt would be canceled in six months. Well, you okay. know what, Bernie? Maybe well, you should be punished for being a <laughs> lifelong unemployed couch surfing asshole who's never been gainfully employed aside from suckling at the government's teat. Maybe you should feel a little bit of sting. <laughs> Let's it look at motivate this. motivate you a little bit. <laughs> Forgiving student debt, it punishes those who worked hard and never went into debt, like we've talked yeah. about the Iowa debt. But who does it reward? Okay, people think that if we forgive student loans, and this is something, again, I understand why people think it's compassionate, but the numbers do matter. They think that most of this money is going to go to those who have a hard time paying off their loans, right? That's how Bernie presents it. Right. A ton of it would go to people who are making a lot of money anyway. So yes, the average, will come back to that, student debt is around $35,000. But let's look at how it's distributed. I think we have it, let's look at a chart. We have it right here. Most of the people, mm-hmm. if you look, fall uh, on the low end of that spectrum, well below 30000 yeah. And then you have students with astronomical costs, right? They stretch things out on the opposite end of the spectrum. So those on the high end, you see in this chart, typically come from families oh. making over $114,000 a year, and they go into careers like law and dentistry. So it takes some time to pay off those loans, but they're actually living pretty comfortably. A huge, um, or I should say, a huge portion of these large numbers that are being cited, it's actually evidence of a crisis um, that is somewhat created by upper-class families who yeah. take out loans to put their kids into very lucrative career paths. I mean, how much is law school? I mean, it can range anywhere from, if you're at certain state programs, uh, 20000 a year to fifty or 60000 a year, all told, with expenses. So Right, exactly. Wow. But you're not going to be destitute if you go into law. Probably not. Oh, but, <laughs> but I would actually say that there's an issue when it comes to grad school, because a lot of folks will say, you know, whether it's a liberal arts program or, you know, a, a gender studies PhD or even a, um, a JD or a JD MBA. PhDs in 
gender studies now? Oh yeah. Are oh, kidding? I thought we were going to talk about Jane yeah. Wentworth. <laughs> and uh, but but, but the, what the question there is again: Did you decide you're going to go do this thing, and who's going to have to pay for for you having to gone and got this degree? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be right. the rest of the loan payers? Is going to be the rest of America? If if you decide to forgive the loans for people who are just going to grad school for no purpose or no reason, right? Then you're literally asking someone else to subsidize I, your education. I followed maybe about half of that because in my head I was just thinking, I have an annuity and I need <laughs> cash now. Called JG Wentworth. 877 cash now. Son of a bitch. It's so good. Here. Phone number? I can't remember my wife's phone number because it's been entered into my. I always get the area code wrong, but JG Wentworth. Oh. Damn you, JG. Oh. So and Wentworth. Someone put a hit out on Mr. Wentworth. Nope, don't do it. He's just going to freak it out. He's kidding. I love how my lawyer is going for He's the death of me. I'm yes, here. I've got it. your back. Don't Stop. do it. Stop. <laughs> this will be removed, and rightfully so. There's going to be some guy who's named J slash D Wentworth who's going to get yes. some horrible emails yes, and a powdered not. substance in his mailbox, and then he's going to find this video. We're very sorry. Our bad. Oh. So let me go back to this. It's the other JG. The, the people, by the way, who have problems paying off their loans, it's actually a pretty small group. Yeah. They tend to have people who actually have a hard time paying off the loans, meaning settled by debt, tends to be less than $5,000 when you eliminate Jeez. people who are going to medical, law school, yeah. uh, where they have a lot of student debt initially and they pay it off quickly. People who long-term have problems paying it, $5,000. That's a number that matters. So right. let's, before we go to the idea of federal government, what could be a personal solution for you, right? Is there a silver lining? Yeah, there is, but it doesn't require any federal uh, intervention at all, okay? So here are the steps you can take. Number one, uh, go to a reasonable college or trade school, okay? Then number two, choose a major discipline that'll set you up for a well-paying job. Number three, finish your degree. That's it, that's it, finish your degree. Statistically, (laughs) you'll be absolutely fine. Again, those people who have Uh, that debt of $5,000, hard time paying, most of them don't finish. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously if you don't finish, you don't get to use the benefits of having that degree to make more money, so finish. But Bill brought this up, go to a community college for two years. Who says that you have to go for those first two years where you're getting your basics out of the way? Nobody cares if you transferred from a community college and then graduated from UT. Your diploma says UT, doesn't matter. Much yeah. cheaper than No, and this is actually a good, this brings me to point number three. Um, everyone out there, you should consider trade schools. Trade schools have a ton of advantages over yeah. four-year uh, colleges. On average, by the way, they have about 70% less debt, twice the job placement, almost uh-huh. twice the starting salary. Yeah. Right, do we, have that, we have that up uh, as a side-by-side. Yeah, keep that yeah. up right here so I can actually read it. Yeah. Average debt, 36000 at a four-year college. We just went through those numbers. Job placement, about 50%. Average debt, $10,000 for a two-year trade school. 100% average job placement with almost wow. twice the starting salary. But again, we've, we market this idea of the college experience, which for many is four years of glorified alcoholism. Certainly, if you're going there... <laughs> in yeah. a, don't forget the victory lap if they go for five. Right, absolutely. <laughs> like this, you don't need to do it. And this does come from a lot of intellectuals, a lot of politicians who place this value on an elite yeah. university that is not reflected in real-world numbers. I've had parents be horrified when kids come up at live yeah. shows. And they go, can you give my son any advice? I said, well, what do you want to do? And if they say, I want to be a fireman or whatever, oh, no, that's great, do it. If they say, ah, yeah. I don't know yet. I said, well, don't go to university. Yeah. They're like, oh, exactly. cover your ears. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Why would you want that kid to have debt? Yeah, it's kind of pitched as the thing that you do after high school, like some summer camp that you go to and have a great yeah. time. No, you're right. going to work harder than you worked in high school to try to have a career and be able to provide for yourself. Yourself. That's right. what you should be prepared for. Well, and I think it's very important to when we're talking about going to university or whether you go to trade school, do choose your major wisely. Okay, this is another kind of solution that you can all take into account here or not, and then ask Bernie to take my money to bail you out. Fine. <laughs> but think about how you make any other purchases, right? You just go out and, and buy the most 
expensive car you can afford? Do you go out and you buy the most expensive house you can afford? No financial advisor would say that's what you should do. No. But that is exactly what we do with universities. We tell kids, apply to all of the top schools, meaning the most expensive, the most prestigious schools. That's usually what parents tell their kids exactly. to yeah. see which one takes you in. And if we look at university rankings based on economic value added to students' lives, not their status symbol, not how many people see the, 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 uh, the crest on your jacket. Right, yeah. <laughs> But how much value it actually adds to students' lives? Um, here, we can look at the metrics actually uh, with these numbers. Look at uh, average student salaries, the employment rate, if students are employed in their particular field of studies. According to that metric, many of the top colleges, they're just public universities and state schools. Yeah. Basically, wow. unless you're planning on going to the Supreme Court, you don't need an <laughs> Ivy League university to be at the top of your field. People in the top of any of these given fields, there is no, no correlation between a specific school or degree from that school and success. Now, if you know exactly what you want to do, let's say practice law, or yeah. you host a podcast where you want to tell everyone that you practice law, Ben Shapiro coming up very soon after this. <laughs> oh. By the way, his wife? Go ahead. Doctor, oh. go ahead. Um, what, what, I, what I really find is interesting is think about who are the people that are being rewarded. You're rewarding the people who didn't take personal responsibility in making right. those choices. Mm -hmm. um, but you're also rewarding the universities, right? So yes. think about what the framework. Remember we talked about the First Amendment. We said, hey, when there's hate speech, we don't need to have more regulation. We already regulate dangerous speech or you know inciting violence and those types of things and other you know Calling defamation to murder and cold blood. JG Wentworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, I mean, True. he's dead. My lawyer committed so a crime. Go and get him. Convicted himself. Go get him. But but we already have a framework in place. You're where going to become a parable. Do you realize that? Like, hey, I know. <laughs> but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater or call for the assassination of J.G. Wentworth, right? Everyone, he's, like he's, Bill. A, he's, a, he's a national hero. It's fine. Okay, all right. But, but we already <laughs> have a framework in place to deal with any type of fraud that may have happened in yeah. the course of selling these universities loans. Because think about it. If, if the loan companies had sold you a bill of goods about the loans themselves, well, I didn't know I had to repay it. Right. Then, OK, you have a lawsuit there. If the university sold you and you didn't get the education you expected, you have another lawsuit there. If you yeah. were misled by your parents, just put them in a home or don't talk to them or don't go to Christmas. But <laughs> the, whole, the whole point wow. there is instead. Chinese New Year must suck at your house. Man, Lunar New Year. Oh, Lunar. But the whole I point forgot is you were a Babylonian celebrating the solstice. Byzantine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're going to if you're who are you going to reward? You're going to reward all of the people right. that created this system instead yeah. of, you know, you want to yeah. punish someone, punish the people who put us into the system if they deserve punishment. Yeah. Or the people who didn't take well, personal responsibility. I think responsibility. Andrew Yang, to yeah. his credit, has talked about how some, somehow maybe cost should be tied to those fields of education. And if you look at majors like, um, uh, I think it's education, like art, uh, hi, hi, art history, ethnic studies, things like that. Yeah. You know, things that are kind of useless that you can learn on Google in two afternoons. <laughs> you see, they're not high-earning fields. Right. But they require a comparable... Uh, amount of student loan debt, right? On the other hand, the majors that have the highest earnings to debt ratio are STEM degrees, right? Which yeah. is science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Mathematics. Yeah. He's not, not a math medicine. Asian. Not a math agent. A, a master, put it this way, a master's in humanities from Stanford is like having a brand new Maserati in your driveway. It's a, it's a modern status symbol and it costs you a lot of money for a piece of shit. <laughs> and then someone's like, no, no, not my Maserati. Yes, your Maserati. All Maseratis. All Maseratis. <laughs>
No Maserati sponsorship here. <laughs> yeah. No. Not happening. Just pick their competitor. Also, BMW, fun. just take me off your list. I don't like your cars. No, um, not going to happen. And by the way, yeah, this goes back to if you have a clear plan of what you're majoring, what the best school is for you, I don't, I don't want to discourage you. You should no. shoot for that. Absolutely. But keep in mind, 20 to 50% of students, they enter school as undecided, and then most of them, not so, most of them end up changing their major. Again, step one, you want to fix it. Go to a reasonable school. Step two, don't major in worthless <laughs> shit. Yeah. Step three, finish your degree, and you will avoid this problem. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is lost in all of the discussion about this is why do we have so much student debt right now? Why is tuition skyrocketing? And there's there's a couple of statistics out there uh, that are really telling. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York said that every $1 in federal aid actually increases tuition by 65 uh, cents. Right. You're essentially creating the same bubble that we had with housing. Yes. You're just doing it for student loans. And then, Bernie... Uh, Elizabeth Warren, you guys want to go back to who caused this? They actually trace it back to a 1978 uh, a bill that passed in the Carter administration that basically guaranteed all of these loans so that people could go out there and get them so easily that it didn't matter anymore if you qualified or if you could actually afford to pay it back. All of that was helpful and informative, yeah. but I appreciate that you you slipped a Carter jab in there. I did. Yeah. Well, it was like, his well, deal. It's well earned. <laughs> it's well earned. There are a lot of people who are allergic to tree nuts. That's true. But look, fix the problem. Don't just try to take care of a symptom of the problem. Right. Fix the actual problem. Well, think, think about this for a second. This is really, and we do have to go to uh, Ben Shapiro in a little bit. Uh, this is a brilliant ploy, right? You tell people, young people, millennials, as Bernie Sanders said, his voting base, you tell them that they are the victim of some predatory system of lending, right? You encourage yeah. them to saddle themselves with more debt in attending universities that they can't afford, often mm. pursuing degrees that guarantee, all but guarantee an inability to pay off that debt. Not to mention, by the way, you are encouraging young people to make arguably the largest financial decision of their lives yeah. before they graduate high school because they're already applying. You further encourage, you further incentivize this behavior with grants and scholarships from the government, like you said, which also leads to, to simultaneously Simultaneously hyperinflates, right, the cost of education overall. And then you bribe the voters who followed your instructions explicitly by promising to bail them out with other people's money. And this is something I hear a lot. You hear people saying, well, why shouldn't we bail out students? We bailed out the banks. How about we bail out nothing? How about we don't yeah. bail out Goldman Sachs? Or the Afro-lesbian studies major. Yeah. How about that? You hear these songs? I hate the identity politics that you hear on the right as well. Like, well, they're living it up on Wall Street. They're shutting Detroit down. Shut them both down. Shut all of it down. I'm not looking for, is it Bear Stearns? Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns? Bear Stearns. Bear, which there's Bear and there's Bull, correct? Bear, Bear Stearns Bear is the Stearns. bank, Bear Market, Bull Market. You can see, I don't know <laughs> economics. I just make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> But we should not be bailing out any of these people. What's the root of the problem here? And again, I want to hear from you. I understand that people on both sides are compassionate. The root of the problem is telling kids who have no idea what they want to do with their lives to make the biggest financial decision of their future before they have any real world experience claim that this is what is required right now in the modern workplace and to have self-esteem. We're also, by the way, tying up children, tying up young people's self-worth with the degree they have, with a sheet of yeah. paper to tell people how important they are and then promising that we are going to bail them out. It doesn't work. It has not worked. It will not work. The solution is not to bail people out. The solution is that everybody start taking personal responsibility and making better decisions for yourself. What is that? Let me go through it one more time, okay? 
Don't waste money going to an expensive university if you don't have to. Don't get a useless degree and finish if you do go to school. Congratulations, I just saved you $1.4 trillion in a national bailout. <laughs> We're gonna have Ben Shapiro in a little bit. Yeah. And um, I, one last thing, people wanted us to talk about the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, I think this is like Ebola and swine flu. It's been blown out of proportion a little bit. One thing to be aware of is of course that um, you may not know you have it until the symptoms have already manifested themselves with oh, the yeah. coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> them Oh, shit. Uh -oh. Shouldn't have gone with the toll house. You are positively oh. sinister and delicious. Terrible <laughs> guerrilla warfare. Listen, I'm not saying the Republic doesn't need to be fing fixed, right? <laughs> but, like, does a guy have to fing be wearing this stupid fing helmet? Jiu Jitsu is such a powerful thing in every aspect of your life. It really does improve the way that you think, it improves your confidence, it improves your physical conditioning, it improves the way you view other people and the world. It, it just can have such a massive impact. It's had a huge impact on my life. Uh, as far as kids go, I say that jujitsu is more important for children than love is. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Are you gonna shoot me? Now, I brought you some Black Rifle coffee and I want you to give me your genuine, honest reaction to it, okay? I did not consent to this experiment. However, seeing as this would be a horrible waste of coffee that has already gone through the complex process of being brewed as well as sourced and roasted, which most do not appreciate, I feel obligated to conduct a formal cupping. But I don't think you're gonna like how this one ends up. It was all right. Black Rifle Coffee. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Crowder. See, I had to do like multiple takes because I kept saying BlackRifle.com slash Crowder because around the office we just say, we just refer to it as Black Rifle. We're on a two-name only basis. We're that familiar. Uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Crowder. You get 20% off your first order. Uh, this is my favorite. We just, again, we refer to this as the Medic Blend here in the office, but it's actually, I think, called the, uh, the Coffee Saves or Vintage Roast. We have a uh, an espresso machine at the office. That's what we put in there. It is as good as any coffee we've put through it, and we've put through at least probably 20, 30 varietals. So yeah, they're a veteran-owned company. A portion of their profits go to uh, support veteran causes. That's all great. Their coffee, though, is better than the competition at a more reasonable price. We're going to do some coffee tutorials uh, coming here in the future, but blackriflecoffee.com slash Crowder. 
uh, if you're going to drink coffee, support a company that has the, the balls to uh, support this show, and they make better coffee. It's a win-win. For your consideration for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Gilbert Godfrey in 12 Years a Slave. Holy shit, I'm a f***ing slave! Hold on a second, though. I don't remember. Was Stick Up in Home Alone? This is a Stick Up? Toy no, Story. No, it's Toy Story. Yeah. What yeah, was I thinking Andy. Home Alone? I have okay, no idea. I was thinking Buzz Lightyear, but this is a Stick Up. That's all Home Alone. That's, that's all but Toy Story. Mm. What Toy happened Story, to me? Man. What's going on? What's happened? <laughs> Connecting those two? I should be running for, I should be running in the Democratic primary. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very much like I should be eating a funnel cake at oh, the yeah. Iowa yeah, State Fair. I have a question for our next guest. It is not politically related at all. We were talking okay. about it during the break, but I want to clarify that. You know him. Some of you love him. Some of you don't. Yeah. That's the nature of the beast. You can follow him at Ben Shapiro on the Twitter. Of course, DailyWire.com. I believe the term is editor-in-chief. You can correct me on that. His show is the Ben Shapiro yeah. show. Mr. Shapiro, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing okay, or at least I was until I got here. So <laughs> I appreciate that. He, nice. al- you know, he always plays it coy. He does. But then off air, he sends me wildly uncomfortable pictures. Nothing sexual, <laughs> mind you. Nothing sexual. Oh, okay. But like he's looking for love. Huh. In all the wrong places. Uh, right. All the wrong places. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't know whether you want pictures of Chuck Schumer or not. I mean, like, I have no idea. <laughs> Unsolicited. That's what he calls it. Little Chuck. Um, let me ask you this. We were talking about, so Punim, and I've been using this on the show where a, a few people have said, where did you get this? Where did you learn Yiddish? Um, but Punim means face. And I've been, but you were telling me that that doesn't actually mean face in Hebrew, which I'm very confused as to what Yiddish so- is exactly. Right, so Yiddish is, is sort of a mashup. It, it, it's sort of like um, Ladino. Like there, there are a few languages that are sort of mashups of, of other languages, mm-hmm. and Yiddish is a mashup of Hebrew and Aramaic. There's some Slavic languages in there, and because the Jews are, you know, kind of kicked around to various countries, there right. are constantly words that are being added that are sort of adoptions mm-hmm. from other from other languages. But Punim is basically just a different pronunciation of Panim, which okay. if you read the Bible and it refers to, you know, like the face of Moses, it's referred to as Panim. Right, panim. So panim, huh. I, panim is how it's pronounced in Hebrew. It's pronounced Panim in Yiddish. Okay. I order uh, Panim Sag from Little Mumbai Grill all the time. Every I Wednesday, it's yeah, my, it's, yeah, it's, in it's Sag pa- I don't know. That's the thing with Indian restaurants. Yeah, it's a question. Like, what else are you face? I feel like it's a different, I feel it's a different thing. It's like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to know what alu gobi paneer is? How <laughs> am I, oh yeah, there. I have two of those. That's what really, and you have that in Los Angeles. I think one time we went to a restaurant, and it was one of those affected menus. It was like, oh, a half-cracked quail egg. And everyone at the table acted like, well... I'll have another one of those. As though we ever eat this way, <laughs> these foodie restaurants. Um, all right, this is uh, completely off the beaten path here. Impeachment, your thoughts? Boring. Okay. <laughs> Super much. boring. I mean, it's, oh. it's, it's it, look, it's, it's incredibly boring. We all know where this is going. And watching the media try to spin it into a frenzy, I said on my show, I mean, it's, it's, it's like trying to watch the media spin people up for female Ghostbusters. Right. Like, oh, guys, you guaranteed this is the right. greatest movie. And if you don't love the movie, it's just because you hate women and because yep. you're a member of toxic fandom. So now all of America is toxic fandom when it comes to impeachment because you can poll people on what they think, but people will give you an opinion on anything you poll them on, right? I mean, if you ask them if they like the color blue, then they will give you an opinion. That does not mean they spend every waking moment consumed <laughs> with the question of whether blue is a nice color or not. Well, why'd you the pick same such a candy-ass color, Ben? 
I, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. It's cold. I didn't mean to it's offend hard. you with my with my gender specific colors. But the, but the fact that the, the fact that there are so many people in the media who are just over the moon about this as though something new is going to come from it is ridiculous. Now that said, it's like everybody blew this thing. Everybody, as per our usual arrangement in American politics, every it's Veep. It's not House of Cards. Everybody's an idiot. So right. on the one hand. You have the Democrats who push forward an impeachment without any witnesses that actually testify as to what would be the impeachable offense. They put forward impeachment offenses that don't include criminal offenses, right. which would be the first time in American history that you have like no criminal offenses whatsoever alleged. That would be kind of a new one. But they do all and of this. And to be clear for people forward, who might say, like, well, hold on a second. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, the, the, the crime there was perjury. It wasn't sex with an intern. Right. It was perjury. A lot of people miss it. Like, oh, he had a little bit of fun. This is way worse. No, right. no perjury yeah. is an actual crime. Which, um, of course, is something I think that you actually talked about. I, I want to touch on this. You said that it might be uh, a problem as far as Bolton, if uh, Bolton comes to testify or if he's forced to testify and if Donald Trump, there could be a risk of committing perjury at that point. Right. You never want Trump to testify under any circumstance. If you're Trump's lawyer, you chain him up in the basement, you put on pornography and you just say, never exit. Like, yeah, you, there, there's no way. Wait, why would there be pornography in the basement? Have you been watching? Did you watch Seven before this? Have you been watching Seven? I mean, I'm not going to tell you whether it was like pornographic version of Saw, but it's okay. like... Uh, I was going to say, you went from uh, yeah, you went from House of Cards and this, so I, I think you have Kevin Spacey on the brain with seven. That's the, the seven degrees <laughs> I of mean, I, Kevin Bacon. I certainly hope not, but in any case, better better to have Kevin Spacey on the brain that, well, we're not going to go there. In no. any case, the, the, the problem here for the Democrats is, of course, they rushed this thing. They didn't bother to wait for the witnesses. They didn't bother to go through the entire process, and then they get to the Senate, and the Republicans have a fairly good case for saying, okay, well, we're not going to do your work for you, right? You guys didn't call the witnesses. You didn't wait. You didn't do any of this stuff. So we're not going to call your witnesses for you. We're just going to look at what you gave us, and we're going to say no. And then that's going to be the end of this. And then President Trump decides that he is his own best defense attorney. And this is the biggest problem, right? The, the reason Trump can't get a good defense attorney is because what good defense attorney in their right mind would defend this client? It's like, like as, a, as an attorney, your right. first rule to your client is you get them in a room and you say, shut up. Just shut, shut it. Just, no, just be quiet. Yeah. And Trump because he will not do that. Instead, he's constantly blowing up his own defense attorney's case. So the best possible defense for Trump from the beginning was, yes, I said to the Ukrainians that unless they did a series of investigations surrounding 2016, about which I have concerns, as it turns out, some justified, some not so justified, but I have concerns and I want all those investigated in return for the aid. Right. And that's not wrong, right? That's not impeachable. You may not like it. You may not like my judgment. You may think I'm buying into Rudy's conspiracy theories, but that has nothing to do with getting Joe Biden out for 2020 or anything. Right. It's that I'm hearing all this crap about what's going on in Ukraine, and I want all of it investigated, and then you get your money. Right. right. And that's not impeachable. If he had said that, we're done already. Because then John Bolton comes forward and he says, right, you know what Trump told me? He told me that he wanted to condition military aid on all these investigations. And Trump is like, right, so? And then we don't have to call Bolton because Bolton doesn't have anything to add to the story. Instead, what Trump does is, John Bolton's a liar. He's a damn liar. But are we are we sure that Trump actually did that, considering that the money was delivered before you know the deadline? I mean, there's, that, there's that he, talking that he conditioned the that he conditioned the military aid on some form of investigations. I think it's fairly certain that he did that. I mean, he 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 hints at it in the in the twenty fifth in the July twenty fifth phone call. He doesn't explicitly say it in the July twenty fifth phone call. He that there's multiple people testifying at this point that he has told people who have told them that the two things are conditional. Bolton is now saying overtly that this is the case. And Trump has provided no other explanation as to why the military aid was was held up in the first place. Like, normally, if you're going to give another explanation as to why the military aid was held up, you should actually just say it. Right. Right. And, and it doesn't and it doesn't hold for him to say, 
well, you know, we don't pay our fair, we pay too much of their Ukrainian military burden. That's been true for years, right? What well, I actually think like prompted this to happen though, in the timeline? I think like you delineated, though, between impeachable offenses, you know, actual crimes versus something right. you may not like. I think it's also important to delineate, as you've said, John, Donald Trump shoots from the hip. There's a difference between a conversation with, you know, I'd like for you to look into that uh, that Biden kid. I'm just saying, doesn't speak Ukrainian. He has no experience in oil and gas. I'm just, that looks right. fishy. There's a difference between that and officially withholding funds, and particularly if it were past the deadline and agreed upon deadline, that would be more of a problem. So I do think we don't know yet whether it was anything official or just him talking. And I think that's kind of the risk. Like you said, the waters are muddied here. But do you think there is, let me ask you this, do you think there is some value in Donald Trump not following the playbook, kind of like with the election? Because there is a court, obviously a court of law, and there's a court of public opinion. And regardless, let's say his name is, is cleared and he hasn't done anything wrong, as you've uh, alluded to. It doesn't matter if the public, like Donald, uh, Don Lemon, all of these people have been tarring his name forever. So there is some value there to fighting back in the in the sphere of public opinion. Do, do, do we think well, so? Well, uh, see, here's the thing. I think you can do both. Meaning, I think that as a, as you know, playing defense attorney for Trump, what you want is for him to make a case that is factually based mm -hmm. and defensible. And the reason you want it to be factually based as well as defensible, and not just sort of defensible but not factually based, is because now you've opened the door to all this testimony, right? You've now created the situation where let's. Let's be real about this. Republicans don't just need Trump to win in 2020. They need to retain the Senate. Right. There are a bunch of senators in purple states. What is bad for those senators in purple states is if it looks as though there was a very material witness, and then they were complicit in rejecting those witnesses, and then this thing goes forward, right? We, they quit him. This thing goes forward. Two weeks before the election, you get a bunch of people who are out there saying, I was withheld. Here's all my new bombshell material. It drops a week and a half before the election. And that pseudo bombshell, which really isn't a bombshell, but that the media will play it that way, yeah. that hurts Trump. What you actually want is to get the decks cleared. Right? That's going to happen Listen. anyway, though. I mean, we know like at least Rick Wilson's going to release a book or something. There'll be a few of those <laughs> bombshells no I mean, matter what. That, that's true. But you want, but, but what you don't want is to be the person who was caught out as saying, I, I explicitly said I don't want these people testifying. And then that exact person comes out two weeks before the election mm -hmm. and then says, right, I wanted to testify. The Republicans stopped me. And now the senator is in trouble. This isn't even for Trump, right? This is for a lot of the senators. You don't mm -hmm. want to put the senators in a position where they have to defend why they were covering for Trump when, honestly, he's going to get acquitted anyway. Yeah. Right? What you would like right. to do is be able to say, listen, you guys wanted Bolton. We gave you Bolton. Bolton came in. He said his piece. That wasn't impeachable. We moved to acquit. End of story. Right? That's That, to me, that is a smarter strategy. You yeah. want to give your people ground to fight for. Sure. But again, listen, I'm not saying Trump can't defend himself. I'm saying that Donald Trump so far in this investigation has suggested he didn't know Lev Parnas, and then Lev Parnas drops a tape where he's explicitly talking about Marie Ivanovich. Right? Trump has suggested that the perfect phone call took place. It is not a perfect phone call by any stretch of the imagination. Well, yeah, but let's it, be that's like him saying perfect. That's Donald Trump's like, it was a good phone call. And it is mine. He's going, <laughs> it was a good phone It was perfect. It was right. the perfect uh, phone call. Listen, for, for, listen for, for people who are the base, we're going to vote for him anyway. None of this makes any difference. Right? And people who hate him, it makes no difference. Right. But for those seven people who are in between, the fact is you want to make it easier, not harder to defend you. Right? The, the goal here, I've said before, when it comes to elections, there's two goals. One is to make it nearly impossible to vote for the other guy, which Trump is great at. And the other is to make it really easy for people to support you. Right. Right. And Trump is not so great at the making it very easy for people to support him. He makes it easy for people who support him to love him, but he doesn't make it really easy for well, people who are on the fence to support I, him. I agree. I would agree with you on that front. And yeah, it's amazing if people are undecided now. But I do think policy wise, and this is something that we've been talking about a little bit behind the scenes, and maybe we'll release a segment on this. Policy wise, um, 
there is no choice for conservatives. Like I see people who are, you know, well, at course. one point in the never Trump camp. But what bothers me is it's predicated on this idea that because of my conservative principles from a long time, I'm, and I see people coming out saying I will vote for the DNC nominee. Well, hold on a second. Well, that's insane. Obviously, the, the, that's you, patently insane. Right. And I'm somebody who didn't vote for Trump in 2016. It's patently insane to suggest at this point that given Trump's policy record yeah. and given what the Democrats are putting up on the other side, that right. you'd be voting for a Democrat in order to uphold the merits of the Constitution or some such nonsense. Right. You know, it, 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 it makes came out today. But there are quite and a said that people. she would overthrow the First Amendment. Yes, but there are quite a few people who are in that camp. Um, and I, I think, think there are like five of them. Honestly, like, I think there are five of them. <laughs> I, think, I think they're being, I think they're, it's wildly overblown. I think that that is, I think it's a bugaboo that a lot of people in Team Trump like to use as sort of the, the whipping boy for this, for this particular election. If Trump loses the election, it's not going to be because seven people, including Rick Wilson, were like, we ran an ad about Trump. Okay, it's not going to be because of that. If he loses to Bernie Sanders, like trying to blame anybody was except that your for Rick Trump losing face? to Bernie Sanders. I don't think you realize that you were you were doing the Rick Wilson yeah. face without do, like you were manifesting it's just, yourself. It's, it's, like honestly, like who is the constituency for Rick Wilson? It's the people who watch CNN and MSNBC, right? I mean, those are the people who are who are paying his salary these days. I feel so, like French Stewart I, I, would like him. Maybe. I feel, I feel I mean, like, I just, like from Third Rock from the Sea. Yeah, like this oh, I think that Rick Wilson makes a lot of sense. And you'd be like, French Stewart, you're still around. Well, now I've met Rick Wilson's fan. Like, it, I just, I, I think that the the question for Trump is going to be, and increasingly is going to be, if he if he loses to somebody like Bernie Sanders, I don't know how you pin that on the on the seven never Trumpers who are like true never Trumpers who are left. Like that's gonna like Bernie Sanders is well. I think there's some communist. responsibility just because these people get so much airtime, like we saw with Don Lemon, right? So it may be a very small contingency, but it, it is it, important. Uh, listen, I don't think I don't think it absolves them of responsibility for making dumb points and mocking people ridiculously and making fools of themselves. I mean, you always bear responsibility for what you say. No, I don't I'm mean them, but that, I think it does. I think something that is important, like you said, like you've said here, his base are going to vote for him anyway. But for the people who are undecided, people who may be somewhat Republican or maybe moderate and not necessarily be political hobbyists as as you are, and to a lesser degree myself, you know. So impeachment is what the Democrats wanted. That is a really, really loaded word. So they can go out and say that. And so I do think that since we're past that point, that's kind of a bridge too far. I understand what you're saying strategically. There need to be some some calculated decisions. But I do think there's some value here in, in burning this thing down. Since impeachment has already happened, that's what they wanted. That was really the only goal here. And they're just sort of treading water. I, I, I do think there's value at, at some point now not giving another inch. I don't know the best way I, to do I, that. Listen, I, I hear that argument. I really do. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a completely foolish argument. I'm not ripping into it and saying, like, everybody who's doing no, it or anything. I'm, 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 I'm just saying that I think there's a fairly good strategic argument for allowing senators to at least create a defensive shield for themselves sure. in case one of these witnesses comes forward later and they say, okay, well, I didn't vote to ban the witness, right? I said that the witness could testify. They testified and we heard what they had to say and now it's all off the deck, right? I mean, now, yeah. now the Democrats are going to say what they're going to say. There's nothing new to break on impeachment in the same way that, you know, there were a lot of people urging Trump, just fire Mueller, right? Just get rid of him because we know what this is. It's a setup. The Democrats want you. They want after you. And I was saying the whole time, just let it go forward, go all the way to the investigation, we'll get to the end, there's not going to be a lot there, and then Trump will be able to claim vindication. That's what happens. What I'm saying here is that it would be better to do that over the next couple of weeks than it would be to precipitously just nuke the thing. And then right. two weeks out from the election, new information arises. Because I would, yeah. after Mueller, no matter what new information arises, you're like, right, and we let you do the whole thing, you spent years doing it, millions of dollars, you didn't come up with what you wanted, and now you're just pissed about it. Better to do that than appear as obstructionist because that does have right now something like 70 percent of Americans say they want yeah. for their witnesses. Again, does that mean they're passionate about it? They're desperate for it? No. But does it mean that if you are a senator like I know we all don't like Susan Collins, but we would like to retain a Republican in that seat? Sure. If you're a senator like Susan Collins, you're running a very narrow race. You know, honestly, like. 
calling a witness to to make sure that we retain a Republican majority in the Senate seems like not a terrible idea to me. Yes, and I would agree with you on all those fronts, except for the fact that we are still talking about a general American public who actually believe, my God, Christine Blasey Ford's claims because the media moves on. So they would have claimed the investigation. We're talking about Mueller, a victory, Maybe. and moved on. You know, same thing. No one, no, this is a real, most people have no idea that half of the Kavanaugh accusers just recanted. The, the media just moves on. So I do think that that is something to take into account. There is this unholy amalgamate of media so, in D.C. that we haven't dealt with before. Of course I agree. I agree with all of that. Right. I just, I don't love the logic that since everybody sucks, it's not in our hands anyway, so nuke it. Okay, Ben Shapiro, hold that thought, dailywire.com. We are about to go overtime. We have uh, Ben Shapiro on hold. For those who want to see the rest of the interview, I think we're going to talk Oscars uh, more with Ben. Go to lotofcredit.com slash mugclub. You can watch the full interview, full show at Blaze TV. We'll be right back after this. Sorry, Ben. We'll take you off hold in a second. I notice he's uh, definitely going to town on that black guy. Yeah, he, uh, he keeps on whipping the, the, the Negro. Would you stop with the damn whipping? What's your home defense plan? When it comes to safety, there's no substitute for a quality firearm. And if you're a gun owner, there's no replacement for firearms legal protection. Firearms Legal Protection provides lawful gun owners an uncapped legal defense program, 24-7 emergency hotline, access to a network of over 2,500 experienced attorneys, legal education on firearm laws in your state via our mobile app, and plans to protect you every step of the way if you are involved in a self-defense incident. Visit firearmslegal.com LWC today. Let's all go to the merch shop. Let's all go to the merch shop. Let's all go to the merch shop and buy ourselves some swag. Snazzy clothing and swag to buy at louderwithcrowdershop.com. Like this new signature baseball tee. Or these ranger panties. Or, of course, the holy grail itself, Mug Club. Let's all go to the merch shop and buy ourselves some swag. That was called the uh, revisiting the Greg Luganis dance. Oh, 
lot of people may not uh, remember, by the way, uh, extended interview of uh, Ben Shapiro. You only know this because you watch the show. I yes, guarantee yeah, you did not know. This is 100% I why. guarantee you that your your niche of, uh, of 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 study was not gay divers who filled the Olympic pool with AIDS. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> For people who don't know, Greg Luganis, he was a diver. <laughs> Have you ever tried that where you dive off? By the way, Webex did an interview with Ben Shapiro. Uh, no, I can't those swim. Who are not mug club members. You cannot swim. No. Uh, okay, let me ask you a real question. I can't swim. Okay. Because <laughs> a lot of people they think we're joking about this, it but was like a your, your joke. dad obviously okay. looks very <laughs> looks far more black than you do. And then That's you have true. other relatives yeah. who are who are oh yeah full yeah, black. Full black. What's the swimming? Do they did they did they learn to swim later? Uh, I have a couple that cannot swim at all. Really? Yeah. So and there's I some. Truth. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a little bit. I guess it's a cultural thing. Uh, my dad actually doesn't like water at all. Really? He doesn't like oh, wow. he doesn't like any of us to be around water. He just has like a fear of it for some reason. Hmm. Wow. I mean, it's like a deep-seated thing. I'm learning so much about you. (laughs) Your father is afraid of water, and you have relatives who do not swim. That is, and this is a cultural thing. Audio Wade, do you know anyone in your direct family who is not capable of swimming as a grown adult? No. No, I don't. No, it would be a rarity. Yeah, no, it would be a strange thing. Like, if there would be someone at a pool party who... Let's say at a barbecue, and there's just right. one white guy. You're like, oh no, that's that's uh, Ed. He can't swim. You're like, but he's 28. <laughs> no, he can't swim. Well, yeah, we took my brother, my yeah. uh, adopted brother, and he's he's black. We took him on a canoe trip, and he had the like the waders on and everything. And then wow. I'm not I'm not you, okay. One minute off of push off of the the side, they flip the boat, and he's. Panicking? <laughs> he's panicking. You're like, oh, like, stand up, stand up. And oh, he's so freaking out, and then he just stands up. Wow. Like, dude. Well, I've told the story before where about certain death tipping over in a kayak, and it's one of those old right. kayaks he, he, that wasn't yeah. open. I, no, no, he was out. Yeah. He got out. He was just floating. Yeah, down. it was an open-faced canoe, yeah, so it's just you know he just needed someone to teach him how to Freedom. swim. <laughs> uh, these are inter- these are interesting things. Yeah. I don't know. Are we are we supposed to be colorblind? Are we supposed to be swim? Yeah. Uh, They're just facts. Swim disabled blind? <laughs> I mean, it sticks out to us. And by the way, on the flip side, it also sticks out to us that young black kids. Far faster than young white kids. It's true. They were de- when I was That's we would go to the local mall. Um, I believe it was in St. Clair Shores when we lived in in, in Michigan. And uh, I'd be walking, you know, about two and a half. Oh, my fist in my mouth, and the kids would be deking me out, and they'd be faking <laughs> me, and they'd be shucking and driving. And be, oh, my parents would be like, "Is our kid retarded?" <laughs> no, I'm just white. Yeah, yeah. I was not nearly as physically coordinated, but they still wear floaties. That's true. So it evens out. That's my point. There's a life yeah. budget, and no one is better Pros, or worse than cons. the other. We just have different strengths. I'm a pretty good swimmer. <laughs> um, <laughs> let, lest you think that 0.1% sub-Saharan African from right. my 23 in me might make it a challenge. It is not. I break <laughs> down the racial barriers, okay? Uh, all right. So I do want to talk about – we talked about this a little bit earlier, and I sent out this tweet about uh, – you know, don't buy a new car ever. And some people got really upset about it. Some people would tweet me back and say, well, I bought a new car and it's, it's way less maintenance and better mileage. Come on. Yeah. You can buy a used Fiesta, right? You don't need <laughs> to get a new Prius with two giant non-recyclable batteries. But I did have this conversation recently with someone who was a friend of mine who has had some trouble with, uh, not trouble, but hasn't been super responsible with finances. And I talked to them about the idea of buying a new car versus used car. He had purchased a new car. And when I explained to him the depreciation and I explained to him um, why it's not a good investment, why a car actually is not an investment at all, it's a depreciating asset, he actually sat there and said, like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't know this. Hmm. And it was very helpful for him. And this is something that I want to get to. All of us have an area. I'm not saying I'm an expert in finance at all, but this was just imparting some wisdom that no one had ever even attempted to. 
with someone like this. I think a lot of you out there probably know that old adage that you shouldn't be buying a new card. Depreciates 30% when you roll it off a lot. But a lot of the time we have, we have this knowledge that we keep to ourselves and we may not even realize that we are doing it. There, there's, there are a multitude of ways that we can help those around us directly. And I think this is super important for people to think about because as conservatives, as small government free enterprisers, we don't want the government coming in and solving our problems. That means that we need to take more personal responsibility and be more compassionate, be more helpful to those around us. And something that I have learned in being around some of the best in their field on this show, and even whether you like them or not, but we've had, okay, George St. Pierre, the best. Daniel Cormier has been on the show multiple times. The best. Brian Shaw, five times world's strongest man. The best. We've had... Uh, 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 Thomas Sowell, the best as far as writing. Something that I have noticed with people who are very good at something, accomplished people, typically, not always, but accomplished people help other people accomplish. In other words, when I talk with these people off air and I say, man, how do you, how do, you do that? Or how do you hit that low single when I was talking with one of the fighters? Oh man, I'll show you. They get excited at teaching people something, at helping somebody. Man, how do, you learn to, how do you learn to do research that way? Oh, let me show you how I do it. It's actually a process that's pretty simple. I've run into this consistently. People who are accomplished are not only willing, but often enthusiastic about and looking for people to request their assistance in accomplishing. Accomplished people help people accomplish. And, and, and I say this also in the general sense. I don't just mean someone who's accomplished. Um, you know, we have professional athletes or Pulitzer winners here on this show. I do mean this in the general sense. If you are accomplished in any area, it is your duty to share it. I don't mean being know-it-all, but I mean, if you know that you could help someone with some advice, if you could help them with, with, any, with some coaching, I don't know what it is. If you, if you find something that you believe is a gift that has improved your life, it can even be as simple as that. Something that's improved your life and you know would improve the lives of others, it is your duty to share it. It's your duty to impart wisdom. So people often wonder, I get this request, like, why do you talk about, uh, I talk about jiu-jitsu a lot in the show, or another one, the film The Edge. I've talked about it quite a bit. Well, let me explain to you why. Not only because it's something that I know, but with Brazilian jiu-jitsu that I've been doing for a long time. I started when I was a kid. Um, when I learned it, I had spent years doing things that didn't work. I was bullied, got my ass kicked as a kid. I went to the karate schools and the kung fu and the krav maga and the ball shot self-defense at the YMCA. None of it worked. We all know. That stuff doesn't work. Okay? Then when I learned basic judo, which is what I started with, with a communist Romanian instructor. It was great. He was a great, great competitor, but we just avoided talking about uh, the Eastern Bloc. Um, when I learned from him, I applied it, and it worked right away. And the reason I talk about this quite a bit is because I remember that experience where I went, whoa, 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 hold on, what, what is this? All this time, why doesn't everybody know this? I went down to the made-up martial art where some guy at the community center called it Aikikai Jiu-Jitsu so he could give himself a ninth-degree black belt, and I wasted money and years of my life. And there's, this is so simple. I've learned it in six months, and it works. Why doesn't everybody know this? Why isn't everybody aware of the bullshit that's out there? That's why I talk about it, because it was a revelation for me. And I think it would, I would be doing you a disservice to not talk about it. Same thing with my favorite film. I talked about this quite a bit, The Edge, okay? Now, here's the deal with The Edge. Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin. Fantastic film. You saw it, Audio Wade. Oh, yeah. You liked it. You've seen yeah. it, Court of Black Garrett? I've seen it. You have seen it? Okay. Did you like it as well? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's the best film or it needs to be your favorite. I'm not saying it's Citizen Kate. But Citizen Kane, it sounded like I said Cade. Cade, yeah. Loden Kincaid. Remember where that's from? 
Chubby Rain. The aliens make the rain chubby. Name that movie line and uh, you'll get a free t-shirt. I'm not saying that it's Citizen Kane. I'm not even saying that it's Chinatown, which is a better film than Godfather. Again, I say that because everyone loves to praise Godfather. I think it will help you for me to make you aware of which film was better. Um, <laughs> but I do tell people this when people ask why I'm so enthusiastic about The Edge. Go watch The Edge by David Mamet, who's also a conservative. Wasn't at the time when he wrote it. Um, and aside from one portion of green screen in that film, and that was because they used an actual bear and shot it pragmatically, but there was one scene that was pretty difficult to do. So there's one scene where, okay, I'll grant you, it looks a little bit chintzy, you can see the green screen, but outside of that, because I know we'll get comments on that, find me one fault with that film. Now, it's not the film that I would say on paper, oh my gosh, this is a technical wonder. But it is so good and nobody talks about it. That's why I talk about it. I remember when I bought the DVD, it was in a bargain bin. I was in Toronto with my father on a business trip. We had just seen Chicken Run at the movie theater. And then I saw The Edge in a bargain bin for $4.99. My dad said, oh, that was pretty good. I saw that with your mom. He knew that I liked Anthony Hopkins. So I said, okay, I'll buy it. I put it, I popped it in. Actually, this might've been a VHS back then. Popped it in, watched it. And when it finished, I said, why isn't everybody talking about this film? Why doesn't everybody know it's such a good film and nobody lists it in the recommendations? And if you know anyone who's seen the film and you ask them about it, they go, oh yeah, that was a good movie. The same principle here applies to uh, how all of us have something, and it may not be The Edge, it may not be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, but something that has dramatically improved our lives. Now I've talked myself, of course, Christ, God, my faith, family. That's why I talk about it. That's why Christians often they're blamed for, for proselytizing. I like Christians or I like people who are religious, just not when they're preachy. Well, here's the thing. They're sharing it because it's improved their life immeasurably, more than any other decision that they've made. You may not agree with them. You may not find yourself being a person of faith. But I don't understand how we can blame people for that. Even if someone wants to convert me to, I don't know what it is, Jehovah's Witnesses, it could be uh, Mormonism, it could be Scientology. I've had people come on and do that, and guess what? I appreciate it because they feel that it's improved their life. And then I can be the judge as to whether or not that's accurate. Now, one thing when I, when I tell you this, I'm not talking about going out there when I'm saying sharing and impart wisdom. I'm not talking about being judgy. I'm not talking about telling everybody what they're, what they're doing wrong and looking for an opportunity to scold because there are some people like that. I've had them in my Bible study, and uh, I immediately kick them out, even though I don't run the Bible study. <laughs> they're usually quite pissed. Mm. But, again, this is why people share their faith. This is why I talk about jiu-jitsu. This is why I talk about films like The Edge. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about what it is that has improved your life, wherever you are right now. Take a minute. Think about it. Think about something that maybe you sort of think of as this, I guess, open secret, for lack of a better word. Take a second, pause this if you have to. If you're listening on audio, congratulations, you are a miracle because everyone mostly watches this on YouTube. But uh, I hope you're pausing and listening. If you're in your car, keep your eyes on the road. Whatever it is for you, by the way, I want to see your comments. Comment. Let me know what it is. What has improved your life so dramatically, so monumentally, uh, that it's altered the course of who you are, and it's something that a lot of people don't know about. Or maybe it's just something that somebody you know who's in your personal circle of friends doesn't know about, like somebody buying a new car when they're, they're strained for cash. What is it? Think about it. What has improved your life? What do you know that somebody in your life does not know? How can you help someone? What is your secret? What's your Rushmore, Max? Then it's your duty to share it. This week, go out, share it with at least three people. This is how we start the fix 
to student loans, to fatherless households, to the economic problems that we face in this country. Division, it all starts with helping folks that you know. If you know something and it can help people, it is your responsibility to share it. Let me know how it works out. I want to see a bunch of you in the comments section. All right, I'll see you next week, but not Thursday on Sunday, February 9th, because it's the Oscar live stream. Ooh, that'll be fun.